with a look back over the weekend sport action. This is Full Time on KCLR. Yes, and a very good evening and welcome once again into full time here on this Monday, the 13th of February. Hoping everyone is doing very well this evening and you're all chilled out and relaxed after a busy weekend of sport. Later on, we are going to be discussing all things in Carlo Hurling with Terence Kelly. He'll be joining me on the phone. And after that, then later on in part three of the show, we'll be talking to Cathy Kelly, who is the forwards coach with Kilkenny Women's Rugby Team as we find out how their progress is going in the Division 4 League. But obviously, there was a big game in UPMC, Nolan Park, yesterday, and it was the meeting of Kilkenny and Tipperary in the Alliance National Hurling League Round 2 in Division 1B. And eight-time All-Ireland winner Aidan Taggy Fogarty was in UPMC, Nolan Park, and he joins me on the phone to discuss that game. Good evening, Taggy. Good evening, Martin. How are you doing? All good now, and yourself? Good now. Not a bother. Not a bother. It was one of these games where Kakenny and Tipperary always bring out the best in each other. It normally becomes a classic. Was it a classic yesterday? Uh, no. No. In my opinion, it uh, definitely wasn't. Um, <clears throat> it was uh, quite the opposite, really. Um, I thought the intensity levels and, you know, the, the bite that's normally in them kind of matches um, wasn't really there yesterday. Um, I think from a, a Kilkenny's point of view, it was disappointing. Uh, the first half, um, let Kilkenny down big time. That's when Tiberi did all the score and Tiberi scored 213 to Kilkenny seven points in the first half. So that'll tell the story in itself. Uh, they were moving the ball a bit quicker and Kilkenny looked a bit nervous, I thought, actually. And um, a small bit naive in time in places. But uh, second half was a little bit better. Um, Kilkenny changed their tactics slightly, I felt, and just kind of went long and stuff. So um, and, and, and started to kind of go at Tipperary a small bit and, and shore up the back. But uh, all in all, probably <clears throat> wasn't a great game uh, from both the of team but uh, Tipperary would be delighted to come to Nolan Park and get a result all the same Yeah their first win in Nolan Park since 2008 it's hard to fathom that a team like Tipperary cannot win on Kilkenny soil but looking at the game and you did allude to the, the big lead that was there at half time I mean Jason Ford got one of those goals Jake Morris was the other scorer of the goal in the first half but Jason Ford ended up with 115 in total I mean not to my knowledge but was he given the freedom of Kilkenny or anything at any stage because any time he got the ball yesterday there seemed to be no Kilkenny man near him yeah, that 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 was um that was one of the biggest things uh, for me, Martin. Um, I know everyone was talking about the short the short hookouts and the short game that Kilkenny were trying to uh, do in the first half, <clears throat> but I understand that I, I understand that Kilkenny were trying the short hookouts. Yes, it didn't work for a number of reasons. Their touch was off. They were dropping balls. They were getting overturned. But the big thing for me uh, was the space that the Tipperary forwards were given, and the fact that Kilkenny probably weren't able to get a hand on them and that's how the goal came for Jason Ford uh, there was three Kilkenny defenders they went to Seamus Cannelan and no one tracked Jason Ford at all and the ball was just hand passed into him and it was a two on one scenario and in fairness to Jason he absolutely pinged it uh, a brilliant goal for him um, Jason Ford in saying that was on fire <clears throat> and what Tipperary were doing what I felt they were kind of doing in the Eamon O'Shea era they were switching in and out positions. Seamus Cannon was full forward. Then he was out centre. Oh, Noel McGrath was drifting out into midfield. Then in corner. 
And Kilkenny um, didn't get the grips of them for a long time and they were following their men and leaving a lot of space and they weren't really laying a glove on them. Um, so Jason Ford was, was, was exceptional uh, all through the game. Uh, I probably would have man-marked him. I probably would have put Mikey Butler now and saying Mikey Butler had to go off injured, but I would put probably Mikey Butler on him. Uh, in the second half, that was easy to say. Hindsight is a great thing, but uh, I probably would have man-marked him to be fair. He was on fire. Having Jamie Callanan back as well for Tipperary, they badly missed him last year. He proved pivotal because he seemed to be a target man in at full forward and he was well able to gather a ball and distribute it around to the players that was coming and there was a lot of running off the shoulder as well so Tipperary certainly had their homework done for yesterday's match. They did and that's what Tipperary do. If you allow Tipperary <clears throat> that space and that momentum they will do that all day. I've seen it before. When, when, we're, when we're off slightly and we're not winning primary possession Tip will do that all day long. And Seamus Cannon, you're right, he was back, bad injury last year, missed, missed a lot of hurling. Uh, I thought he wasn't his best. Um, he didn't score from play, but was involved in a lot of the stuff earlier on in the game. But what I, what, what I stood out for me was Seamus, he, he was up for it. You know, he, 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 there was a chip in his shoulder. He, he was kind of angry. He wanted to get into the game. He, he wanted to play, and he dragged a lot of players into him and created two or three scores. Uh, was taken off um, uh, in the end, of course, but uh, that was probably just to, to rest the legs. But uh, a good 60 minutes into Seamus Cannon is brilliant for Tipperary to have him back. He's a leader. You know, what he's done in the past is, is phenomenal, but um, still a bit to go, to be fair, uh, after the injury, but uh, I felt he was in the game for, for parts of it, all right, yeah. Taggy, where does this leave Derek Ling now? Because we obviously heard after the game that he was very disappointed with some of the basics that the team weren't doing right, and they gave Tipperary an awful lot of space that they weren't stepping up on their man either. Um, and I know it's only the second round in the league, but where have you seen the changes coming forward that he can bring Kilkenny on to the next level and be a great team as well. Yeah, well, as you said, there, Martin, and Derek, I hit the nail on the head. It was the fundamentals that let him down yesterday, and that's what he'll be disappointed with. Um, everyone thought about the short game, Duffy Fuka Kenny, and, and all that, but this uh, last year in Ireland, if we had a, maybe a short game or, or a puck out tactic, uh, possibly could have won the All Ireland. So, like, you know, he has to work on these things through the league. It's going to be a work in progress. Brian kind of brought it in towards the end of his tenure as manager. And Derek is bringing it on to another level. Uh, yes, it didn't work. And I think some teams, it plays good against some teams. Like Maybe like the Cork, a short game might work better. But Kilkenny and Tip, traditionally, they tend to go along, tend to play the, the old style kind of hurling. And Kilkenny like that. And Tipperary struggle against Kilkenny when they do play that type of game. And that showed it in the second half. But there is positives for Derek. Uh, I think a couple of guys played well yesterday. I think Billy Drennan, albeit he was starred the possession in the first half, I think he showed very, very well in the second half. Any ball that went into him, um, he created a bit of um, havoc. You know, he, he latched onto it. He, he scored two points from play. You know, he, he was just upsetting that, that Tipperary defence. And I thought Billy Ryan, all through 70 minutes, uh, was very good. And, and I thought, for Billy Ryan to be very good through the whole 70 minutes, at centre forward was excellent because the rest of the forwards weren't playing well and when the forward is playing well on his own that'll tell you that you know the kind of um, the, the heart that's in him and the bite that's in him and, and how well he's playing I thought our full back line was good Mikey Butler Hugh Lawler Connor Heary albeit he was taken around the park by Jason Ford but the rest of them you know there was a lot of ball going in there in the first half and they did relatively relatively well for, for the amount of possession going in uh, but I think things were working on the Derry He'll have to go back to the basics in terms of the dressing room and just get the spirit right. Get the, you know, win priming possession. You know, Tipperary were actually catching balls out of the air, which is, you know, they struggled at that over the years. Can Kenny win balls over the years? Um, but, you know, Tipperary were doing that yesterday. 
and winning the breaking ball, which Kenny tend to do as well. So they're the things that maybe Derek would have to work on first of all, and then start working maybe on the tactics that he wants to play, whether it be short game, the the puck out strategy, or uh, or go along, you know. But the, the fundamentals have to be first, Martin. Well, obviously they have a game coming up in two weeks' time now against Leash. Uh, that is on the 26th and it is away in O'Moore Park as well. Kilkenny currently sitting fourth in the table on two points. Tipperary are sitting nicely with two from two on the top. But with Leash bottom, um, and in fairness, they did put it up to Waterford for a lot of that game as well at the weekend. Like, I know Waterford pulled away and won by 12 points in the end, but Leash are going to be no pushovers and it's going to be a tough test for Kilkenny as well in a fortnight. Yeah, look, it will be a tough test. Um, there's no doubt about it. You know, the Kenny Leash games, there's nothing simple there. Yes, Kenny will be expected to win, and in my view, probably should win. They should be winning them games in in the league. Uh, depends what kind of team uh, Derek picks now as well. You know, there's going to be a few changes. He, he made three or four substitutions early yesterday as well, so it definitely won't be the same team. He's going to give new lads um, a look at, at themselves as well in the, in this kind of match, and they're playing Tipperary next week as well, next Sunday evening. Um, for the for, for the fundraiser event, so the Dylan Kirk Foundation, yes, Dylan Kirk Foundation. So he'll have to blow the, a couple of new lads, maybe on the peripherals, maybe a couple of guys around the, the Welsh Cup panel might get run as well. But um, look, I suspect him to beat Leash. To be fair, uh, it will be probably a tough task. Depends what kind of team he, he plays out with, but they, they should be they should be winning them games uh, all the same. Well. That takes us from the Alliance Hurling League. I can't leave you go as a former IT Carlow or now as it is the SETU in Carlow. Uh, that is your former Alba Martyr up there. Disappointing loss to UG in the semi-final of the Fitzgibbon or the quarter-final of the Fitzgibbon Cup um, last, I think it was Thursday evening. They got off to a great start, but by God, they really fell asunder in the second half. Yeah, they, they really did. Uh, I was keeping an eye on it. I didn't see it. I just got a side kind of highlights of it there, all right. But um, they're after making massive inroads in, in IT Carlo, and they are coming. Um, you know, they, they have brilliant players, but they, they absolutely fell apart. And that's the thing. When I was when I actually heard with them, we won the league. We had great momentum. But when it comes to the semi final final stage, that's where they tend to kind of you know they, they don't have the experience, they don't have the players to get over the line. You know, some colleges have excellent teams, you know, but, but it's a hard competition to win. It's a tough slog and it's a hard time of year as well. So it, it really is a tough competition. But they're going well. I, I can see them winning in a couple of years' time. Brilliant work being done down there. The, the uh, facilities in Carlo are, are exceptional. And uh, I, I believe they will be coming in a couple of years. Well, with the help of God, and we'll no doubt we'll keep an eye on it. Aidan Taggy Fogarty, thank you so much for joining me on full time here this evening and giving us your insight into the Alliance Hurling League and the Fitzgibbon Cup. And no doubt that we'll be talking to you again, no doubt, uh, later on in the season as Kilkenny progress along in the league and championship. Pleasure, Martin. Thanks very much. Perfect. Good man. That was. Wrong button. That was Aidan Taggy Fogarty there, as I said, joining me on the phone line. I have a quick break to take. Don't come away. We'll hear from Derek Ling afterwards, and then we'll be talking to Terence Kelly from Carlo. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. LahartzVolkswagen.ie. Yes, welcome back to Full Time here with myself this evening. And we go directly to the phone lines from Kilkenny. Carlo was playing in the Alliance Division 2A Round 2 game against Kerry yesterday in Austin Stack Park. And our man, Terence Kelly, was down at that game along with Brendan Hennessy. Good evening, Terence. How are you this evening? 
I'm Grand Martin, how are you? Can't complain at all now, thanks very much. I obviously had the pleasure of listening to yourself and Brendan yesterday from here in the studio, and it was disappointing against Kildare in the first round, but Carlo played very well yesterday, Terence, and were maybe a tad unfortunate to come away with a two-point defeat. Yeah, listen, you know, you'd have to be proud of them yesterday. God, they were very good insofar as, uh, you know, they got a bit of a hammer in the week before, and to come down like the Kerry's backyard after Kerry having a 14-point victory last week, you know, it was a big ask, but I know Carlo had maybe five new faces, but they lost uh, three players last week, so, you know, it was a bit of a plus, but we're still without some top players, but you'd have to be proud of them, like, they, they, you know, they put in a massive, massive performance, what they did, like, you know, and they hadn't, they hadn't a lot of luck, as I said, that, uh, you know, a few things went against them, but in general, like, to put in a proud performance, like a manly performance, like a real honest performance. Eight changes made turns before the game started uh, compared to the day against Kildare. Uh, obviously, having Marty Kavanagh back in the forward line as well was a huge boost, and he was instrumental in the first half as well. I think getting four or five of the, the points, Carlo actually went in ahead at half time, nine points to seven, but just yeah. after the second half, Marty picked up his second yellow card, and the tie seemed to turn a little bit as soon as he was sent off. Yeah, well, it's true. Like, you know, for the first 15 minutes, like, Mar- right, now, both teams played seven defenders. They brought back their centre forward, Paddy O'Connor, like, to Mark Martin, with the same build, the same size, the fitness fanatic. Seemed to be a very, very neat hurdler, and they let Mikey Boyle, like, as a spare man. Carter brought back uh, Conor Kehoe around the middle of the field. Dean McBurn kind of dropped back to the half-back line, and... Uh, they had they had Kevin McDonald then as kind of doing sweeper. Now it's very difficult for five forwards like to score against seven defenders. And out of the thirty two scores that were scored yesterday, there was only five scores from the forward division from play. So, you know, that tells its own tale. But you know, it, it's difficult on the forwards. But no, as I said, Marty had a quite start, came into the game and, you know, he was absolutely starting to to hurl really, really well before half time. Very unlucky that he didn't get a goal just before half time, but uh, the first, the first yellow card, Martin. Uh, there was uh, a bundle of players at the, at the furthest distance away from us, and I'm not exactly sure what happened. But the referee went to the linesman and he gave him a yellow card. After half time, uh, one of the defenders were coming out with the ball. Marty was maybe a foot, maybe a foot and a half off him, and went to kind of more or less dive to block down his clearance, and probably got him across the hand. He did get him across the hand. Now technically, like it was a yellow card. You know, you'd have to say, had it been a Kerry player done it to a Carlo player, when you say, like, you know, it was a yellow all day. Like, and, you know, I didn't have a problem with that, you know. But, you know, as I said, that Carlo were there. Carlo, like, for the last five minutes before half time, like that, you know, we'll have Kerry on the ropes. Like, they were really, really hurling well. James Dyle put through um, his club mate, Paddy Boland. He had a great chance of a goal, but, uh, yeah, a tough last save now from, like, from the keeper. And, uh, you know, well, he denied Carlo goal, but no, Carlo played really, really well. And then to send enough of Marty, like, you know, a man down, didn't help the job in any way. And then sure, later on in the game, like we lost, uh, like we lost Kevin Mack <clears throat> to a red card and only the referee, you know, like why he was sent off. That's been totally honest with you. Like, you know, you can say, oh, you like, he was sent off, but the chap was never sent off in, in his life. And there was absolutely no malice in it, but the referee, he deemed to be a red card offence. I just can't understand, you know, 
I can't understand it, being honest with you, like, you know. Yeah, I was listening to the, the commentary and yourself and uh, Brendan, as soon as he seen the, the foul happen, you were saying that it was going to be a yellow card. I think there was nearly a bit of shock uh, in the press box that a red card had been brandished for us. But in fairness to Carlo, even when Marty did get sent off, they rallied and they didn't die down. And even when Kevin MacDonald was sent off, turns, they battled away, got their chance, they got the goal uh, in the 74th minute. But as we said, they may have even had a chance late on because... John Nolan was adamant as well that he was fouled going through and maybe they should have had a, a 20 metre free. Yeah, well, you know, as I said that, you know, John Nolan, he was a little bit out of the probably two to three players at the goal side of him. Uh, I thought like it was a free. I thought it was a free, but he probably gave him the advantage and, uh, you know, I said it came off one of the defenders off one of his uh, defenders' leg, I think. And, uh, uh, well, he, well, he was cleared. But, no, as I said, on the balance of play, you'd have to be so proud of Carlo. Right. Kerry had a lot of weights early on in the game, but you know, like we're still we're still missing some decent horror. Like I was speaking with John Michael Nolan, he's been on the team for many, many years, like and John Michael is very, very near coming back. Chris Nolan played with the college has been out during the week. You know, top class hurler. Chris Nolan is a top class hurler. Kieran Wheel and unlucky last week in a hamstring and JP Tracy and Richie Cody, the most capped player in Carlo. Like those are players, you know, hopefully they can get back. But as I said that you know, last week we come out of the game like against Kildare, very disappointed. But yesterday, believe it or not, in defeat, you know, we were proud. Yeah, well, they certainly uh, played very well and really put it up to Kerry. I think Kerry got a bit of a shock as well. Don't know if you heard uh, afterwards, Brendan was speaking with manager Tom Mullally and part of his interview, he was after asking him about key players that was maybe going to come back to the panel. And uh, Tom said in his interview that he wasn't going to answer the question and maybe give uh, Brendan the answer that he was going to look at. But the key criteria for 2023 is that people want to play for Carlo and are willing to abide by the standards Standards that we are required to play for a Carlo team. What do you make of that? Listen, uh, I thought the players are so honest. Like, you know, some of the players, like, they didn't win their battles yesterday, but they were honest, like, you know, in their effort. As far as, like, the players, like, the players that have, you know, have to come back, like, um, your man is, you know, he's a top class manager. You know, he knows his stuff. Like, he, his CV is, is fairly, is, now is, is fairly good, I can tell you. Like, we all know that, like, you know. And uh, he looks for honesty. He looks for players that are totally committed to the jersey. And, uh, you know, I think he's 100% right. Like, But I think the players are, you know, they're, they're sound to pound, like, you know, they're a good bunch of lads. And, uh, you know, as I said, if we can get the last three or four players, you know, into the jigsaw, I think we'll have a very decent team and a very decent run in the Joe Mac. Yeah, in, in fairness to him, he, he didn't say anything about the players because he did say that they gave it their all as well in Kerry. I think it's more so that maybe the lads that's not there at the minute and maybe they're not committing to Carlo or for whatever reason, but uh, he was certainly having a cut at someone, Terence. And, uh, well, I heard it I heard it last night. I heard, well, I heard it on the radio coming home. But like the players... No, there's five or six players, you know, well, that we need still. John McLean, he has a disc problem in his back. I was speaking with John yesterday for 15 minutes. And uh, I was speaking with Richie Cody there. Like, he's the most capped player in the county. As I said, he, he had a grind strain last week. JP Tracy, come on, last week. One of the new kids on the block, a good chap. And uh, he just pulled the hamstring. Here on Wheelan, should we know what happened to him last week? After being out injured for a year and a half, came back anyway, like, and he was going really well in training, pulled up after 15 minutes. One of those things, like, Chris Nolan... Arguably, 
the best forward in the county. Arby, like, well, one of the best forwards in the county, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, Chris was playing with his college all the time, and uh, they were beaten during the week. And uh, he had a good game himself. But as I said, that, you know, like, we need those players back. Our league, unlikely that, you know, that it can go our way now unless results really fall into place. But we have new, we have uh, Kildare here the 8th or 9th of April in Carlow. And we have Kerry down in Kerry. And to be honest with you, with those players back, I wouldn't fear either of the teams, to be honest with you. No, and a good run even in the next couple of games and especially the next yeah. game against Down as well in the yeah. uh, the yeah. league. And it is a home game, Terence, as well. So it's a home game. Uh, yeah, yeah, a bit of momentum would certainly help going into the Joe Mac. Oh, God, that's true. Like, you know, as I said, a home game. Now, listen, uh, down, down we're unlucky yesterday. Uh, Kildare only beat him by a point. And, uh, you know, as I said, that... Uh, Carla beat down in the earlier on in the Cahoe Cup and they beat them by five points up in Abbottstown. Like both teams are, I say, you know, big changes on both teams since. Listen, like the young ones that played yesterday and the young ones that played like uh, uh, against Kildare, they're so honest. Like they're an honest bunch of chaps. But you need a little bit of experience, like, you know, with a lot of those youngsters, like, you know. Yeah. Um, Which are, look, it's progress turns. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And, yeah. And, and there's another fella like now, Jack Cabinet, like Marty's brother, like Jack has been there. He, he's been there like, you know, for many, many years. Another excellent hurler, like, you know. Now, he has, he had a very good game, like in the Leinster semi-final um, against Kilmacud Croke. He has a little bit of an injury coming into the game. He's another player. He's, uh, he's back training now since last Tuesday. And goddamn, the way he now like that, I didn't forget Jack because you know he's a very, very talented player. So he is also. Listen, we have listen. We we're not too far away from having a fair team. Just being honest with you. No, and that game on the 26th is going to be live with ourselves here on KCLR and no doubt Turns will be in Carlo for that one as well. Turns Kelly, as always, thank you so much for joining me on Full Time here on the Monday. It's always great to hear from you and your passion for Carlo uh, hurling in particular as well and always giving us your insight and honest opinion and we really value and appreciate that. So thank you kindly and we will talk to you again in a couple of weeks, uh, no doubt, after the down match. Listen, thanks, Martin. Thanks for having me, okay? Perfect. Good man. That was Terence Kelly there, of course. He was on co-coms with Brendan Hennessy for the game yesterday in Kerry. And I have a quick break to take. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we will be hearing this time from Derek Ling, and then we'll be talking to Cathy Kelly from Kilkenny Rugby. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartzskoda.ie. Yes, welcome back into full time here in the KCLR studio. It is 25 minutes to seven and we've had Andy in contact through our dinners ready.ie WhatsApp line. Kilkenny can't play the short game. You need to look at Limerick for that. We had no one to take long freeze that has always someone running onto the shoulder. The reason for this is three under 21 and three in a row senior. So much experience and time at this back to the old hurling is the way only February don't win all the All-Irelands on a Monday or in February. Stay as it says Andy. So if anyone else has any comments or you want to get in contact, don't forget the number is 083-306-9696. And as I promised you early, he, or earlier even, here's what Derek Ling has to say when he caught up with Adrian Ronan and all the gang yesterday in UPMC Northern Park. Yeah, no, plenty to take over. First half wasn't good enough. Um... You know, we stood off tip too much, gave them too much room, and you can't do that. They're too good a team, and 
you know, they punished us. Um, we tightened up definitely in the second half. There was a bit more purpose to it. We were playing with a bit more pace. But, um, you know, we had, a, we had a few chances that would have brought us back into it, brought it closer. But ultimately, we weren't good enough today. We were, you know, we were second best. Um, so there's lots of learnings from it. And we have to, today is useful if we can learn from it and build on it. But I think there was some things, though, that the basic stuff, like you need to, you can't allow too much space and you can't stand off players. And, you know, things like that I probably wouldn't have been happy with. Um, we said to the players, we're trying to work on different things. We're trying to be a lot more comfortable on the ball. We we made life very hard on ourselves, particularly in the first half. And maybe, you know, we don't want to favour one style over another, but we, we have to get better at making those decisions on the field and just mixing it up a little bit more. Um, but I think the most disappointing from the first half for me was just that, you know, giving them too much space. You can't do that. Look, I said to the players, I don't mind mistakes. I mean, that's what we're saying to them because we're going to have to... We're going to have to break a few eggs, and that's the reality of it. And uh, there's great learning in that. So, um, at the same time, look, there's a lot of takeaways from that. That's one of them, and we just have to we have to keep working at it and just get better at it. You mentioned positives, Derek, today. Again, look, not taken for the performance overall, but Aidan Tallis made two or three great saves in the first half that probably took the gloss off of maybe the performance in the first half. In the first half, we could have been down by a lot more that's the reality of it the last 10 minutes was it, you know Tipper just going right through the middle um, and again you know some of our decision making wasn't good enough and you can't give them we just gave them too much room and so look at that's that's the reality of it that's my takeaway the second half was decent you could say but really it's when you're looking, reflecting on the game for me it's it's about the first half and where we're at there and I think that's that's what the focus will be on you reorganise your defence and that you yeah. got something out of that as well and David Blanchfield had a big second half. He did, he did, and you know David only played Fitzgibbon Thursday night. Um, so you know, look, it's a, it's a at the minute it's a bit of a juggling act. Uh, we've a lot of players that are coming back to us now, obviously from the club campaign as well, um, which would be good. And we have a competitive panel there, but it was good. Look, the sub, some of the substitutes came in, did very well, um, so that was positive. And look, we just have to. Our focus now is getting ready for Leash in, in two weeks' time. Would you have some of the Valley Hill players back then, some of the extra Valley Hill players? Some of them actually are coming back with a few knocks, so we just have, it's a case-by-case, case and I'm not, I don't want to put a date on it because I can't give it at the minute. Um, hopefully, I would hope the end of, by the end of the month we'll have a couple back. Um, but we'd be looking, I'd say we'd be looking into March for the majority of it. It's an important game for us, and the lads of Burton who didn't feature today, they'll get an opportunity next week, and you know from that... You know, we'll have to look at the panel again and cut it down a little bit more. But, um, but first of all, it's uh, it's for a great cause, and I hope you know, I hope there is a great turnout for it. Um, I suppose that's the the game is in the for I guess in the spirit of Dylan Quirk Foundation, and hopefully, I guess the the required support. Thanks, Did you pick up any injuries there? Um, the one or two come off. Um, we have a couple of knocks, yeah. Um, but we'll, to be honest, it's too soon to see to say how serious they are. But you know they had to come off because of it. You know, Alan Murphy, Mikey Butler, Gillian Doyle was on well as well. So look, there's a we had a few issues there. Was Keen Kenny a knock or? Uh, Keen played Thursday night as well, and just he, he look at um, we have to we have to manage that, and some lads can. Can get by after a couple of days, but no, it was it was a change that was made. Yeah. All right, thanks, sorry. Thanks, thanks, sorry. Thanks, 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 thanks.
that was, of course, Derek Ling catching up with all the media after yesterday's game. Now, obviously, there was a big game as well in the bigger ball, which comes to the sport of rugby at the weekend. And Kilkenny Rugby Women's Eleven team was out and they had a game against South East Lions, where they fell to a 17-15 defeat, only their third of the season to the South East Lions. And I'm delighted to be joined on the phone for the first time here with me anyway on full time. And that is Cathy Kelly, the forwards coach and one of the front row on the team as well. Good evening, Cathy. How are you this evening? Hi, Martin. How are you? I am great. Thank you very much. Obviously, I had Jenny and Paddy in studio here with me a couple of weeks ago and we were keeping fingers and everything crossed that it was going to be a nice run in. There was four games left. Things were looking good for Kilkenny Rugby and unfortunately back-to-back defeats has left us in the terms of the Sir Alex Ferguson era squeaky bum time with only two games left. That eight points lead has gone down to a measly three points. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. How's things going out in the camp at the minute? Um, Despite, I suppose, our back-to-back losses, I think yesterday showed us um, that we have a relatively um, positive squad still. Um, you know, we have two games left and we can win those two games. It's, and if we do win that, those two games were clear. Um, I suppose the Barn Hall game was a bit of a, a bit of a shock to the system. I thought, you know, a lot of girls felt that was the game we needed to win to have a clear run into the end of the season. But I totally agree. It's just squeaky bum time now and we need to focus. We need to reset. And we've done that. We've gone back into a phase of, Reducing complications within our play. We've gone back to a little bit of basics, I suppose. Um, re- reinstilling that in our girls. You know, we've a relatively young team as well and a relatively inexperienced squad. Um, and for us to get back to back promotions would be incredible. Um, however, maybe the pressure is building a little and, you know, I think we need to reduce it game by game. And for that, I think the girls yesterday put in an incredible performance. They showed no resilience to, to the ref yesterday, which, you know, I suppose every game has its downfalls. Um, I'm not blaming the ref in any way, but we, we've had, you know, we've had difficulties in around the fringes. We've had difficulty in around the rocks. And I suppose it's an area we need to actually just step back from, refocus and just try and go again. Um, our open play is good. You know, we're, we're hindered a bit with a few injuries and we've picked up, we picked up two knocks um, against Baron Hall um, you know, on a speedy recovery to those girls, hopefully they'll be back on the field for us, maybe maybe against Navin for our next game, you know, hopefully now. But I, it's I been, think when it comes to most rough, teams, yeah. Cathy, everyone nearly has a problem with the ref when it comes to the rock time, because even the games yeah. at the weekend that we were looking at at international level, yeah. uh, you could see some of the decisions and you're thinking to yourself, where the hell is he getting this penalty yeah. or free and, kick from? You know, the issue is we have to deal with that on the field as well, you know, and you have to, I always say there's, there, there's three teams involved on, on the day, you have yourselves, the opposition and the ref, and you have to sometimes play to what he wants. And that's, you know, that's a learning curve for a lot of our girls too, you know, to understand that if the ref doesn't want your hands in there, don't put your hands in there. If the ref wants you to do a certain thing, that's the way he wants it done. And, you know, that's experience too. And that, that, that will all stand to us. And I'm actually, a lot of the girls on my team won't like to hear me saying this, but I'm glad we've taken a loss or two and that we're still in a position to win because I think you learn more from games you don't win than you do from just winning every game, 60, 70 point deficit. It's it, it's not good for you. You know, it's nice at the time and everybody enjoys the ride, but it's just, you need you need to focus on games. For, like you were going to go up to Division 3 hopefully next year and we're not going to win every game. You know, we need to learn how to actually play games 
that we're finding difficult, you know, that we have to adjust on the field. So, and I think this is building for that. And I think with the squad we have, I think they're all really, really excited for what's to come. Yeah, well, certainly a loss can often benefit teams as well to refocus the minds and get the tunnel vision going forward for yeah. that end goal. Uh, two games left. Obviously, there's a big, important game against Navin. You have a break yeah. now. There's a, a We have next weekend off, and then the next, next game is the 26th, yeah. which is against Navin. It is a home game out in Folkestown. It's at 1 yeah. o'clock, and a yeah. huge support on the day would be severely okay. beneficial. <laughs> We'd love to see anybody who's free that day to come out and shout us on. Navin can be our bogey team, you know. <laughs> it can be either way. Um, they just tend to have a very game similar to ourselves. Um, and it will be won and, lo- won and lost in around the fringe play. It'll be whoever can actually get through the centre will win. Um, it's Navin are a good team. I take nothing from them in that respect. They're, you know, they're every bit as good as ourselves. In terms of rugby, um, it's just we'd be we'd have a little bit more flair in our backs, I think maybe. And if we can actually utilise that, I think we will win. It's just to get it all firing together on the one day. You know, as I said, it's just proving a bit difficult for us at the moment. But I think on Sunday, not to take from Southeast Lions, they were an absolutely fantastic team to play against. It was actually a great game of rugby. Um, you know, there was tackles, there was big carries, there was, you know, it had it all. It it had everything. We had cards and everything, you know, and it was just, it was one of those games where you come away from and you go, yeah, we we lost, but, you know, you don't feel very deflated from it because, you know, we played good rugby and they played good rugby and we need that. We, We need that kind of a challenge to get us through the rest of the season. Destiny is in your own hands, as the fella says. Two games left, Navin and Garda is the last one that's in it. Yeah. Obviously, Barn Hall are clipping away at your heels. They were yeah. due to play St. Mary's College in the next game in a fortnight's time, but yeah. looking at the results, St. Mary's College is after giving seven walkovers already in that league. I would assume, I, I would presume they'll get a walkover from That's St. what Mary's. I was yeah. thinking, yeah. yeah. So yeah. really, it's going to go down to the wire, potentially, it and wins. down to the last yeah. game against Garda, which... Uh, it will, and it's very possible it could come to a playoff between us and Baron Hall at the end of the at the end of the season, it's that's very possible too. Um, but I'd actually I, I I wouldn't be uncomfortable with that situation. I think our girls learned so much over the last two weeks of rugby. They've a break now this weekend. We will train on Sunday. Um, you know we're not easing off at all. It's you know it's pushing, pushing, pushing. It's game by game, and you know I'm I'm quietly confident that we'll get there. Um, we've just made hard work of it for ourselves. You know, we had an opportunity to have a free run into the end of it. We didn't take it. And, you know, we're we're still in a situation now where we can win it. Um, but there is no room for error anymore. That's, we're on our final chance. You know, that's it. Yeah, well, the very you best know. of luck in those two yeah. remaining games. You have all yeah. our support and all of the listeners' support. And as Thanks we said, anyone that is available on the 26th to get out to Fookstown, if you enjoy your rugby, the wim- it will. And the women play some lovely stuff. We've heard from Paddy, Jenny, and now from Cathy as well. So, you know, the Fookstown is the place to be. One o'clock kickoff there on the 26th. And the women could really do with all of your support to try and get them and be the 16th or the 12th player, depending on the numbers, because I know Division 4 varies in numbers wise Cathy as well depending on the opposition as does, well but it does, yeah and that's that's a lot of a factor too I mean we've played some of our games at 10 this year um, and uh, you know playing a 10 game of rugby is very different to playing 15 um, and that's been an issue this year as well we've been going between 10s 13s 15s and then games just being handed to us conceded 
Um, we haven't had actually got a proper flow into our season. Last year was better because you knew you always had a game. The possibility was main, mainly 13, but you knew you always had a game. Now, that will end in Division 3 as well, you see. Like, you know, you, you won't get as many games where you'll have low numbers because I suppose it's you know, taken a little bit more seriously and teams are developed in that league. You know, this Division 5 and 4 are building teams, really, allowing them to develop and allowing them to play with 10. But it is a very, very different game, especially, you know, for a team that might be forwards heavy. 10 is a lot of ground to cover for forwards, a lot of work, a lot of tackling, and it's a big field. It's not reduced by very much when you're playing 10s. And we've had to adapt to that situation. Like, I mean, our last time we played South East Lions, we played them um, in a 10s game. And I can't actually remember the score. I know we had them bet well by half time. Like, I mean, I think there's a 50-point deficit that you have to have before the game is handed to you. And we were at that by half time. Um, and yesterday we went down and they had a squad of 17 and a much very, very different game against them, you know, and we didn't come out on top. Um, and that, that's been a factor too, that, you know, you don't get momentum, you don't build, you can't build a solid 15 because you don't know if you're going to be playing 10, 13 or 15 until sometimes the morning of the game, you know, which is a lot of adjustments to do for any team, you know. But So hopefully we'll be able to push up into Division 3 and that we'll get a structure to our game going forward. Well, all going well, as I said, there's uh, two games remaining. Destiny yeah. is hopefully there at the top to get back-to-back promotions and that everything goes yeah. according to plan. But as I said, we are following your progress. Uh, we've been on to Paddy, Jenny, and now yourself as well, and hopefully we can get you back in here as Division 4 champions as well in a couple of weeks. The weekend sport in review is right, and what a busy weekend it was, and it's going to be a hectic couple of weekends coming up as well over the next number of months as the National League comes to a close. All of the championships start and the Camogie is going to be starting as well and talking about Camogie. I'm always the one getting the plaudits and the uh, praise for all of the awards that happen, but I'm delighted to be joined in studio by my co-host on the Come On Kind podcast, Anya Farrell. Anya, good evening. Good evening, Martin. How are we? I am great now. Thank you very much. You are here, obviously, because the recording for Come On Kind is going to be happening later on. But congratulations on the award as well, because you are part of the duo that won the award. So uh, great honour to get. And tell us what's coming up on the Come On Kind podcast uh, tomorrow when it goes out live. Yeah, great, obviously, to get an award. I suppose this weekend it's going to be talking about all the college action over the weekend. Um, We had an awful lot of girls involved throughout all the college competitions. And we had UCD obviously winning the Father Mark Cup. And then the Technical University in Dublin winning the Ashburn final in a last gasp extra time effort there. So great to see. And we two Kilkenny girls involved in that. We also will probably be delving into the whole UL um, appeal process and things like that because let's be fair, there is a couple of girls in Kilkenny on it. And, you know, it has been a massive talking point over the last couple of days. And then I suppose Kilkenny obviously starting their um, league campaign this weekend away to Clare um, on Sunday. So we will be getting down and dirty in that too. We will. And that game is live here with ourselves on KCLR coming live from Cusick Park at 12 o'clock on Sunday an early start right I have the sport roundup to do so you go and set up inside next door and uh, we'll get ready and we'll start recording it there shortly right thank you Anya right our sports roundup then beginning with rugby the Provincial Towns Cup got underway yesterday for local rugby teams Kilkenny had secured a bye to the second round leaving Carlo and Tullo in action Carlo were 20 to 15 winners away to Dundalk while Tullo made it two wins 
wins in as many weeks against Tatoy with a 37-16 win at Black Gates. With the draw made for the next round, Carlo will host New Ross at Oak Park. Tullow welcome Boyne to Black Gates, while Division 1A rivals Ashburn head to Fookstown to take on Kilkenny. All ties will be played on the 26th of this month with a 3pm kickoff. In soccer, while there was plenty of action locally yesterday, the big game of the day saw Carlo's defending National Premier Cha- Division champions take on a League of Ireland side Bray Wanderers in the last 16 of the Leinster Senior Cup. Going into the break, 1-0 down after a very contested or hotly contested first half and a controversial goal even. Bray ran out 3-0 winners to advance to the quarterfinals of this year's competition. With New Oak in Cup action, St. Pat's boys had the chance to close the gap on the league leaders but were beaten 4-1 away to Vale Wanderers, meaning they're two points off the lead but have played three more games than their title rivals. While in Kilkenny, Bridge United are up to third following a 4-0 win away to Clover United in St. Canis's Credit Union Premier Division. In the NFL, Kansas City Chiefs are the Super Bowl champions for 2022-2023 season. In the second time in four years that Andy Reid's side have won the biggest trophy in American football, they were six points down heading into the final quarter. They beat Philadelphia Eagles by 38-35 played last night. In Kilkenny, in ladies football, Kilkenny were happy with a good competitive showing against Derry at the weekend while the Northern side picked up their first win of this year's Division 4 campaign. Kilkenny put 1-8 on the scoreboard to Derry's 1-18 with improvements being made week on week out and they will play at Wicklow on Sunday at 2pm in Balton Glass while Carlo will be out also on Sunday against Fermanagh in the Division 4A game and that game will take place in Darver. In Camogie news as Anya had mentioned TUD Dublin won the Ashburn Cup final for the first time ever yesterday with an extra time victory over UCC. It's the college's first time to take part in the grade that they won with the thanks to a lay point from Roisin McCormack and Kilkenny's Emma Minogue and Sarah Barco were part of that team. Oh, right. That begins the roundup and ends the roundup, I should say, of what has been a hugely busy weekend. My thanks to all of the guests this evening, to Taggy, who was on with me earlier on, to Terence Kelly, of course, to Cathy Kelly and to Anya, who came into studio. And of course, to Nicole, who is outside in the production room, keeping an eye on everything that's going on as well. Don't forget that if you want to make contact with us, you can do so by emailing us at sport at kclr96fm.com. Owen Carey is in the building and he is up next with Fully Loaded. But that is it from myself here on this evening's edition of Full Time. I will be back again with you on Sunday, first of all, for the game in Clare and back next Monday then as well for Full Time again. So until next week, it's goodbye from us all. Have a safe week and take care. Full Time on KCLR, with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahards, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahardsvolkswagen.ie.